Hey friends, this is Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, where we talk about pop culture through the lens of race or gender, and sometimes both. And I'm very excited about today's guest. My friend Cache Jackson Henderson is here, and we are going to be talking about one of my favorite shows of 2021, Harlem. Harlem is an Amazon Prime original released December 3rd, 2021, and all 10 episodes of everything I ever hoped and dreamed a TV show taking place in New York would ever be, a show that makes me fantasize about living in New York, finally happened. But first, let me introduce you to my guest. Cache is a lifestyle content creator, creative business coach, and marketing consultant. Her passion lies in inspiring others to live their best lives and pursue their dreams, no matter how big or small. She believes in embracing the unexpected and giving convention the middle finger. She is also my friend in real life, and I love when my friends in real life show up on the show. Welcome to the show, Cache. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm finally. happy. I know people, friends at home. We've been trying to get Cache on the show for a while, but she is busy making boss moves. So it's hard to like hammer down someone who's got CEO vibes. Oh, stop. Oh, it's true. I appreciate that girl. Thanks. Yeah. But we're here. We're here to talk about Harlem. I'm pumped. Pumped. When pumped. You- when you said you liked Harlem, like you loved Harlem, and I was like, I love Harlem. I was, I was, girl, we got to talk about Harlem. <laughs> no, it, it's so good. And, you know, it, it was pain, hurting hurting my heart when I would, you know, people be like, oh, what are you streaming? What are you watching? You know, just talking with friends that, or you're actually just being like, yo, have you seen this show Harlem? And they're mm-hmm. like, what's that? And I'm like, you don't even know what it is. Come on. I'm like, like, yeah. I I can match people in my life to the characters. So I'm like, you're so, you know, I don't, yeah. I'm out of them, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I anyway. love it. Yeah. So friend, before we dive into our conversation about Harlem, this is a question I'm opening every episode this season with because our theme as a reminder to everyone at home, representation of wealthy women in media. Do you remember what you thought of rich or wealthy women or what messages you received about wealth and money when you were a kid? Ooh, um, I guess I'd say probably like my first impression of said was just watching soap operas with my mm. I mean, I think just from like the opulence, you yeah. know, of homes and, you know, that was kind of like the eighties to nineties transition. Mm-hmm. So, you know, women seeming rather obviously was drama and affairs, but yeah. living, you know, relatively I'll say lavish or, you know, comfortable lives, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, was very, I'll say aspirational for mm-hmm. someone like me who likes to play in grandma's clothes and put on the jewelry and do all yeah. the things and try to look, you know, like so-and-so. Um, but definitely, you know, growing up, I never went without, mm-hmm. but I was always very mindful of this is a treat you can get this when this happens, you know, you need to work for it. So, um, granted that's thinking of, yes, if I'm thinking of myself as a woman in media, like I definitely try to put myself in situations where I'm, you know, adopting an abundance mindset and trying to impart that on those that I coach, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I think there's been, you know, I am not exactly sure how to describe this, but a limit 
I think, on how much you should want something, you know, without being like, not being humble. Um, That was always a big word in my household. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, I guess my grandmother would call it boastful, but you know, now I'm in more of like a celebratory and sharing, like I said, of information and of said wealth with others. So anyway, yeah, I'm getting yeah. on a whole different tangent, but it's no, funny. that's okay. That's okay. Cause you know, it's interesting because when I, when, you know, when I think about my grandmother's generation and granted our, our grandmothers are probably of different generations. Um, cause you, people like to have kids late in life in my family. Um, <laughs> you know, there's this definite, like, like they lived through world war two, like my grandfather yeah. lived through the depression era and world war two. So there's like, the, there's this definite, like, cause I always talk about how my dad's parents were very sophisticated looking, but like humble means, right? Like they didn't have yeah. a ton of money, but they looked like they, like grandpa was always in a three piece suit. <laughs> very much like, yeah. Uh-huh. And that's for sure. Yeah. And so it's interesting because the humble part of it too, like you're right. Like there was this, you, you can want, but to an extent, right? Like there's limitations because once you pass that limitation, now you're just a a braggy brag brag. And we don't, Mm -hmm. that's not what they called it, but you know what I mean? Like then now you're just, mm -hmm. and that's so interesting. That's so interesting. Cause I feel like I'd be curious if men receive that message, like in certain groups, you know Very what I mean? So, yeah. Men weigh in if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always curious. You. Yeah. Okay. So let's do a quick sum- summary of Harlem. And I love to pull it from Google because I used to write my own, but then I thought, well, what does Google say? Because if somebody types something into Google, what is Google going to tell them? <laughs> right. And y'all. Well, what it says. <laughs> Google did not have a lot and I'm annoyed. This is literally the description. Four ambitious best friends, Camille, Ty, Quinn, and Angie, navigate relationships and careers. That's literally it. That's not enough. That's not enough. I was like, listen, IMDB did him dirty too with a very similar explanation. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I feel like the show is very much more than one single line. The Hollywood. Yeah. The Hollywood Reporter said this, quote, Harlem is retrofitted for a contemporary audience, hungry for self-reflection served with a side of fantasy. The ho- mm. End quote. The Hollywood Reporter had a lot more to say, but I want to talk about the show overall first. What are your overall opinions of the show? I would say, well, I loved it. But besides saying I loved it, I loved it because it I could I, I could identify very much with the characters where mm-hmm. I am in my life. I feel like those were that could have been me and my friends on the show based on just our different personalities and our pursuits and like even some like some of the topics like they just they hit different part different uh episodes during that entire season yeah. hit a different part of me. Um and it was nice to see that because, you know, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. There still isn't enough representation of like black female friends. I'll just say blacks in general, you know, on popular shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this show was just, this is a black show. Yep. It's an everyone show, but black, there's a black cast beyond um, just the main characters. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, other groups are represented, of course, but it's, it's nice because I think it kind of also came out around the time that and just like that did. Mm-hmm. 
And I think obviously all, maybe that's why no one really heard of Harlem for a moment because all was going to that. And, you know, of course, that's a whole different. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going there. I'm coming back. But even with, you know, I'm a black woman, us represented mm -hmm. within that show, this is a entirely different ball game. Our eyeballs, our ears, our hearts. And um, yeah, I was, I was about it. Yeah, I fucking loved this show because I felt like it was exactly what I've been looking for, which is you have four Black women living life like humans do. Right. Just and then, <laughs> and then you have experiences that sort of maybe, okay, so like this is a racial thing that happened. And because right. I feel like sometimes with what's represented in pop culture, in Black culture, is that it's constant trauma porn. It's constant trauma porn to we're we're never um I do I say thriving? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's like, <laughs> oh, every but every time we leave the house, we're harassed. And like right. you know, sometimes that's true, and sometimes that's also not true, right? Like there are days where like microaggressions exist for a reason. Like that term exists for a reason because it's small, it's a bite-sized shitty situation. But with Harlem, it was like, you have these four friends, been friends since college. They're all having their careers. They're all doing a damn thing. And they are all so well-developed, I thought. Like, you they're knew. So they, like, by the time you get to episode four, you're like, oh, Quinn's going to have something to say. Yeah. <laughs> and it just felt so exactly. normal and natural and, and, and comfortable. Now, I've never... I have not spent a lot of time in New York. So I don't know about, you know, if that's really what life is in New York, but also we give grace to sex in the city for not being real and people right. still love it. So I feel right. like we need we to do the same there. for Harlem. Mm -hmm. If you understand the nuances and intersections of being a BIPOC woman, a woman identifying a woman in a male dominated industry and all the microaggressions that come with the daily existence and how media reinforces those stereotypes, but you still love pop culture, then Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous Best Friends Club on Patreon is just for you. Join an incredible community of like-minded individuals who meet monthly to discuss a different topic in pop culture, access to bonus content, weekly lunchtime hangout sessions, and discounts on merch. To learn more about how to become a part of the Best Friends Club, visit popculturemakesmejealous.com slash become a member. There's a hyphen in between become a member, become hyphen a hyphen member. See you there. What character did you relate to the most? Going back, I'm dodging the question a little bit. <laughs> Going back to what I just said, there were pieces of each of them, I think in me, right? Okay. Like, um, or that I saw. Um, so like Ty, who's very like driven and she's in like that startup world and very like boss lady and, uh -uh. you know, almost a little stealthy in her approach with some things mm -hmm. too, you know? So from that sense, I'm like, yep, I see you girl I'm with that. Um, Quinn, of course, I think a little bit when it comes to, I'll just say the, the, the way she carries herself mm -hmm. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, Angie, because obviously with her, you know, online social media-ness at least yeah the beginnings even though we saw a little bit different side of her on the show I'm like I'm yeah like, where the the past you know the montages but mm -hmm. and um I think Camille and she to me appeared to be more of like that girl next door a little mm -hmm. bit um 
you know, definitely educated, driven and all of that too, but still there's that innocence or I'll even say a piece of her that doesn't seem maybe come across as seeing herself as worthy of certain experiences and things, yeah. you know, and I will just be honest, like, you know, just in my own growth stage, I could definitely identify with that, especially as, you know, some of the, and even just, yeah, I'm getting too far ahead because there's something else I definitely want to address about this too, that relates to real life. It's just, yeah. it was, the, the writing was so spot on, you know, and yeah. I, I just, I really have to give credit to that because as much as I love the show Girlfriends, that definitely was a comedy and it was mm -hmm. on prime time. And it was just a different situation, but you know, this evolution is very much, you know, appreciated by someone like me because yeah. again, it's the shows you just can't stop talking about. I agree. I, okay. So first of all, Quinn was my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like she, like they're all complicated characters, but I think that she was struggling the most because like she has the, not to spoil anything. And normally we're not a spoil free show, but I really need everybody listening who has Amazon Prime Video to get on Amazon yeah. and watch it. She has this serious awakening that we get to witness. For and sure. she and she's just sort of like, I'm just not sure. And Jasmine Guy plays her mother. Which I love. love. How do I bring that up? <laughs> right? I was like, come <laughs> on, Whitley Gilbert. We love yeah. you, girl. Um, and so, so just to kind of see that sort of like transition from like, the perfect girl who's got her perfect plan mm -hmm. and who's going to make things right who comes from a wealthy family and it's very much like I mean her oh my god her clothes were so good her clothes were so good that's why I meant like she can she carries herself like in my mind like I I want to or do dress like that under yeah. not COVID circumstances yeah you do have so, good style you so do have really like, good style I get out here okay yeah. But um, you, you're right. We do witness that awakening. And I think why it's so beautiful is because we all have had the, mm -hmm. we've had those experiences or we're having them and we'll have another one, but being able to witness it episode by episode by episode, mm -hmm. plus I guess the one spoiler I think might be safe to give is yeah. that she does come from more of a corporate world, Go, but she's a boutique owner, you know, and even in that she sacrificed a lot like mm -hmm. that's a big leap like a lot of people haven't made the leap yeah so a lot of people won't make the leap and again yeah. that's okay but for for her I think you know she did that and while maybe it wasn't necessarily turning out how she wanted to on the onset as an entrepreneur and I'm sure you did too like you can relate to those ebbs and flows yeah and absolutely knowing how tied she was to her family in the mm -hmm. show like that too was just like uh yeah girl we gotta we gotta get we gotta we gotta change some things yeah and they do there's a lot of like single digit representation that's happening on this show too that I love Ty is a business tech owner she's created this incredible app that's like clearly needed um in the community and and so she's kind of in this position of like she's dealing with people who don't understand the needs of the black queer community but she right. needs funding so watching right. that process and seeing what how she's able to sort of grow from there so that's a single digit representation mm -hmm. and then um to go back to Quinn working in finance she mm -hmm. was a VP like a, a, a junior, I don't know what yeah. kind of VP she was in finance. Like I cannot think of one single black woman who is in finance that gets public attention if there are any. And right. then with 
um, Camille, Megan Good's character, the numbers of women, the digits, the representation of Black women who hold PhDs is still really small. Mm -hmm. So you have these aspirational characters because they're in places where we don't always get to see Black women. And that to me was also huge because I, Mm -hmm. one, I toy with getting a PhD. I'm like constantly on the fence about that because I love school and I love studying. And there's so many things that I think that we could dive into that I think defend you know working towards a PhD would be kind of fun <clears throat> for sure who who thinks that's fun this psycho this psycho right and then I think Angie has this great value that she adds because she's she's big and boisterous and her personality is huge and she's got yeah. this great creative spirit like I cannot be contained and I love that because again we don't get to see a ton of personal freedom when it comes to black women on tv you have to be like very withheld like that whole concept of like free range parenting like you can't like black kids don't get to experience necessarily that and we don't get to see a lot but those people exist they They exist. exist they might be the minority but it's a little scary to be sort of that free like in that way you know like the ones I can think of are all men, Jimi Hendrix, Prince, right. you know what I mean? Like they were sort of a different type of expression and started that path of, of acceptance of like, you don't have to be, you can be wild and free. Mm-hmm. Lenny Kravitz is like a modern day version, but again, male. So. male. so you have yeah. Angie, who's like, I am an artist, yes. little diva type, <laughs> but still like it works yeah. and she leans into yeah. it. And you just, by the end of the show, you're just like, I don't, I don't know who I love more, but watching it again, is like, I fucking love Quinn. <laughs> no, she's really great. But and- Angie is great too. And I think, you know, I'll be honest. I want to say maybe in the earlier episodes, I kind of wrote her off a little bit mm-hmm. in my mind. Like, I mean, she was part of the show, but I wasn't paying as close of attention to her as I was yeah. other characters. But there's that turning point in the show, y'all, where you're like, oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, I respect it now, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think what they do really well, and I found some critics who disagree, which whatever, but what I think they did really well, mm-hmm. <laughs> what I think they did really well was we exist as black women. And then here's some of the shit we deal with, right? but it's like, we push it away. So then that way we can go back to being like our group of four, our support, our thriving moments, but there's still those small things that happen because again, I feel like there's so much representation in pop culture right now where like every black person that leaves their house is getting emotionally abused and beat up and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And while that does exist, again, I cannot say it enough on the show. We are not a monolith. (laughs) Right. There is a multifaceted existence within the black community. And I feel like Harlem taps into that. It absolutely does. And even some of, I'll just say, um, I mean, it's a little bit traumatic, but it's something that is real and that Mm -hmm. is happening. And, you know, it'll be, I'm going to, you know, no spoiler alert, sorry, but (laughs) I'll just say someone goes through kind of a medical gaslighting experience. Yep. And, you know, that kind of hit a little bit home for me Mm because I have like a new diagnosis of an autoimmune disorder that has had me in the hospital and the clinics and all the things a lot the past year and thankfully like that hasn't I haven't experienced it there mm-hmm. and that but I have in like my life I mean I'm, yeah. 30, I'm 35 years old um and you hear about it so much 
amongst black women like even to me talking with my friends who are not black even um you know they they don't have these experiences right and I think like like, I'm not making this shit up like this actually happens and what was more with the whole medical gaslighting it was after one of the characters kind of ignored Mm -hmm. some signs that she might not be all good like she might actually need to go to a doctor you know get that checked out okay get that checked out girl you know we all have said that at one point but we've also been like well I'm as soon as I'm done with this thing and let Mm -hmm. me just go to this event and let me get through this launch and it's like how often and you know women are we going to ignore the the signals our bodies are giving us no don't and don't medically gaslight yourself if you aren't usually you know having a period for two weeks and all of a sudden you are yep just go to the doctor and see what's going on um you know that's yeah, I guess that's more of a personal example, but you know. But it's still relevant because I think yeah. what it highlight to me what it highlighted was just how complicated it is to be black except accessing medical care. Absolutely. It, I think it was nuanced in the way that it should have it needed to be. It wasn't a heavy-handed message of like, see, black people are treated like shit. It was a very right. real situation. It was a very real scenario. And even though I haven't necessarily been in that position directly, because I don't go to the doctor, because I have had two instances where I'm just like, fuck you, bye. <laughs> right. And yeah, you ain't going back after that. Like, no. But that fear that Ty feels about finding out the truth, I was like, yep, I know. Yep. I've, I I remember what that feels like. And girl, I'd have done the same thing. Catch me, catch me, catch me. <laughs> catch me as I fall and pray to God I got three girlfriends in the room with me you know advocating for me yes amen to that the other thing I wanted to mention too was um with Angie's storyline again it's so hard not to give away stuff and we're such a spoiler filled show sometimes but I think I'm pretty good on this episode so you can you can pour a little yeah yeah pour a little out yeah so Angie gets a job that um is really fun to watch her go through because again another situation and scenario one of the characters on the show that she encounters in her new job is constantly using the term ghetto for things that are not Mm. like fully up to par her standard and that is a pet peeve of mine I hate it when people use that term in that way it like yeah. uh, to the point where I've corrected people. I'm just like, hey, you know, it's not cool. I have corrected people as well, and I love how they unfolded that scenario because I was like, ooh, Angie, girl, we got you. We got I know you. Right? we've all been there, girl. We've all <laughs> we've been all there. been there in pub in private and at work and everywhere else in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you understand the nuances and intersections of being a BIPOC woman, a woman identifying, a woman in a male-dominated industry, and all the microaggressions that come with the daily existence and how media reinforces those stereotypes, but you still love pop culture, then Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous Best Friends Club on Patreon is just for you. Join an incredible community of like-minded individuals who meet monthly to discuss a different topic in pop culture, access to bonus content, weekly lunchtime hangout sessions and discounts on merch to learn more about how to become a part of the best friends club visit popculturemakesmejealous.com slash become a member there's a hyphen in between become a member become hyphen a hyphen member
See you there. Entertainment Weekly writer Kristen Baldwin offered this in her review of Harlem. Quote, to be clear, Harlem is not a show about issues, in quotes. It's a sharp, funny comedy about women who thrive, fail, and survive in the midst of our dysfunctional world. Like most millennials, Camille and her friends are obsessed with pop culture, and Harlem delivers some true show within the show brilliance, end quote. So there have been a few TikToks that I have come across the that have discussed how television and movies these days that center around Black stories have a heavy-handed message about racial issues. And I wish I could find them, but TikTok is one of those ethers where I'm just like, if I don't save it, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> Can't find don't it save, again. No screenshot, gone. Yeah. Later on in that Hollywood Reporter review that we talked about earlier, they offered this, quote, when conversations drift away from the specificity of the four friends dynamic, the show falls into the trap of overly expository writing. Another quote within this mm-hmm. quote. West yeah. Indians are beautifully complex and diverse people whose cultural influence should be celebrated, not mocked, especially by fellow di- diasporians, end quote, in the quote within mm-hmm. the quote. Quinn quips at Angie when the latter impersonates a Jamaican nanny to get a gig. None of what she says is untrue, but its blunt insertion makes it feel like a public service announcement instead of a natural part of an interactive flow, end quote, officially, end quote. <laughs> Harlem was often compared to shows like Sex and the City, Girlfriends, Girls, Living Single, and Insecure. I I have a point I want to make about that quote that um yeah, let's go. So <laughs> my I feel like again, it just because we're all black doesn't mean we're not all different. Correct. And I felt like that comment that Quinn makes to Angie wasn't out of place because Agreed. Quinn's character her family is jamaican yep and so or caribbean i think specifically jamaican right i can't remember now but uh, they're caribbean caribbean and And i want to say that her act like uh grace geely is um from the uh Islands, right Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so she so so that's a completely different experience in in culturally too and the u.s didn't open up for folks from african countries or the caribbean to come and immigrate here until like the 60s -hmm. so that's another layer of a different cultural experience because Mm -hmm. you're literally banned from coming from our country to this country so like i didn't feel like that was an out-of-place thing and i felt like it lent itself to the concept and idea that we're always trying to harp on people which is we're not all the same and not everybody exactly. understands that. Totally. I feel the exact same. I actually made a note to bring this up. So I'm glad that you uh you went into it. But yes, um, it it was a needed quote. It was a needed moment because mm-hmm. I remember even without the quote, I was kind of, that that was actually, even though I, I always start, grew to love Angie, that was a cringe. I cringed during that whole time. Uh-huh. When she was, you know, we'll say when she was playing that role. Um, and I know. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But like, I also was like, like so bad. So I, I, Quinn needed to say that. Yeah. Because, you know, I've seen it manifest itself in relationships that I have with people too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, maybe not getting as specific, um, but also needing to be kind of corrected and like, uh-uh. Yeah. Where it comes from. 
Yeah, because it's a di- like I have a friend who's you know mom is like in the sense of like my dad were descendants from you know the enslavement era of this mm-hmm. nation and our dad's literally from a west african country who was allowed to show up at some point in the mid-century because they finally opened borders and so she even battles this sort of bicultural experience because like her dad's experience in culture and her mom's experience in culture aren't the same but people right. look at her and make assumptions. They look at her parents and make it and see, oh, you both have brown skin and make assumptions. And it's just, it's so mind blowing to me how oh. we still don't have this under a greater, I mean, I'm not perfect. I'm still working on it too. But just that, you know, blanket statement, not all black people are the same guys. Right. Hello. If you understand the nuances and intersections of being a BIPOC woman, a woman identifying, a woman in a male-dominated industry, and all the microaggressions that come with the daily existence and how media reinforces those stereotypes, but you still love pop culture, then Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous Best Friends Club on Patreon is just for you. Join an incredible community of like-minded individuals who meet monthly to discuss a different topic in pop culture, access to bonus content, weekly lunchtime hangout sessions and discounts on merch to learn more about how to become a part of the best friends club visit popculturemakesmejealous.com slash become a member there's a hyphen in between become a member become hyphen a hyphen member see you there um in terms of the show's predecessors because i cannot tell you i every re- review i found compared that this show to either sex in the city girlfriends girls living single insecure and like over and over and over again how do you think it compares to those to because you i mean to those shows like what do you how do you think it falls in i think it stands on its own and i take think it takes i think it's a blend of Sex in the City meets Insecure. Mm. Throw in a pinch of girlfriends. Yeah. And that is, that's Harlem. Um, And I say that because um, the way that they, even just from the, the cinematography, mm-hmm. I'm hoping I'm using the right term, um, <laughs> but it kind of reminded me of Sex in the City. And I don't know if that's like a New York thing or what, mm. but it did give some, um, I'll say light to kind of each character and allowed an individual story to develop, but also went very much back to kind of, you know, uniting them as well. Yeah. Um, So that kind of reminded me of Sex in the City, but I would just say obviously insecure with the type, with the characters, um, their own individual kind of flair, if -hmm. you will, plus the music and the clothing was really good too. So, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it just showed people that look like me and that are around my age really living their best lives. Yeah. Um, I feel like that was very represented and insecure and comes even more to life, um, I'd say, in Harlem. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do want to say, while it does get influenced from, I'd say, those, of course, right, just based on there's four women and we're doing this, but um, I do think it sets the tone for future shows and movies that mm. highlight I think black female friendships and um you know the black you know millennial professional as well um because like you said there are certain positions like you know even with um I'd say Quinn and Camille like 
there aren't many seats at those tables. Mm -hmm. So being able to see that insider's look of what it's like to be there, I think um, will give more visibility to other, I think, industries too, um, when it comes to character development. Yeah. Yeah. So friends at home, if you have not seen the show, Camille is a um, adjunct professor at Columbia, which is, you know, we all know it's part of the Ivy system, right? And it's like a prestigious school and they have some amazing talent has come out of there, et cetera, et cetera. And part of her story is that she wants to become an associate professor, which gets you off the tenure track or gets you off of the adjunct track and puts you on a tenure track, which is a little bit more job secure. Not a lot of black women are in that position of being a tenured professor or on their way to being a tenured professor. Mm -hmm. And so we see her relationship. First of all, Whoopi Goldberg is on this show. How do I forget to mention that? (laughs) I don't even know. But I fucking love Whoopi. I fu- um, energy. And honestly, as much as I love Camille, you know, some of that energy that Whoopi was giving her, she needed. Yeah. She needed, she needed that kind of, I'll just say it for a better term, tough love mm-hmm. to kind of level up. Yeah. You know, she had been playing very safe in some areas, you know, yep. and cautious because of, you know, some past stuff, which you guys will get a sneak peek of too. Um, but, you know, she needed that in order to really, I think, find her voice and find her wings. But anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> I agree. I completely agree because the person that we see who is her advisor before Whoopi shows up doesn't challenge Camille, doesn't do anything but sort of like, you're beautiful, you're wonderful, you're so smart, right. this is great, you're doing great. But she's not helping her accelerate or even level up to the greatness she can be and then here comes Whoopi, who opens an actual can of girl get your shit together Mm -hmm. and that's really hard to swallow and it's and that i really appreciated getting sort of that because i think about academia all the time i think about like i said earlier going back and getting my phd i always Mm -hmm. think about like well what kind of level would i would love to teach like i love being in the classroom And so seeing that dynamic, it was just like, oh, I've completely fantasized the idea of teaching at a university at that level or any level that's a four-year university. I didn't realize there's a lot of work because Whoopi gives her a straight up, you, you, you have all these great articles and all these magazines, but that's all popped shit. Like, where are your academic? Where's your scholarly research? Where's all this? I would have a hundred percent been Camille. I've been like, well, I don't know. I got picked up in pop sugar. Who cares? Like that's and, good too. <laughs> right. And I feel, you know, and some of that, I was like, again, we, we all, we all can take pieces of, of her right mm-hmm. at different stages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel the same way about some of that stuff too. Yeah. And I didn't put this in the script, but I was just like, oh, I should have put this in the script. But like a moment for all of the beautiful black men that showed up on this show. Oh yeah, pause for the cause. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I'd love to be in this position. I'll take any of you. You're all yeah. gorgeous, <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous, and um, I'll say varied. Yes, right? I'd say from like Uber driver all the way to like you know top chef yes all the way to professor all the way to yeah Mm -hmm. 
and they you know they're flawed themselves but they're not so flawed that you're just like okay get out with this like don't waste your time with this fool and i think that actually is a big piece of um shows that have black female friends or women there's all yeah that's the theme too so Mm -hmm. let's give it up for the black boy joey on the show as well for real and it was just it was so nice to like see their complicated relationships but then also these guys aren't trash not at all not at all and that's the other thing that breaks my heart sometimes about like again representation oh i remember i was gonna say too i was livid every time girls showed up as a comparison yeah me too so i didn't finish girls full disclosure but i've watched i watched half of it and i got the characters i got i got it can't compare can't compare because there's it's such a different experience to me girls isn't a relatable show and shaking my head folks yeah i hate watched it because i think i hung around for adam driver which speaks to former toxic behaviors i had with men (laughs) okay we'll have another show about that yeah (laughs) um and it just it made like it just there's so many major issues and flaws with that show and i still don't know if it's because i'm not a fan of lena denham's work generally mm-hmm. or if it's just this show has a lot of issues and it's very blind yeah the only way i can say that without being too much of a dick she said blind your I face just... i wish you guys could see her face right <laughs> she's like sorry it had to be said it had to be said i love you know i just and but again i'll latch i do latch on to stuff that takes place in new york city or like any big city anything that sort of represents like not live like people who left their hometown and are trying right um but yeah i probably could have i probably could have not watched girls and it would have been okay (laughs) yeah it's okay you check the box off you're good yeah you need to watch it again it won't be on a marathon for you no no <laughs> because the characters in harlem have self-awareness they have understanding and is it the potential 10-year age gap because girls are 20 and these women we assume are in their 30s early 30s um whatever but the point is is like they have more depth they're still going through the self-discovery but i just felt right. like they had way more depth way and more way depth more likability yes for one, for one another you know mm-hmm. which i think is important to see because you always have this narrative of like the angry black woman and mm-hmm. you know, competition like they weren't really competing amongst one another i will say i was glad that Quinn another drop in the bucket for her but when she finally kind of like made a little bit of a stand because she was feeling like because of certain you know check boxes in her life and in her lifestyle that almost like some of her quote you know drama or her plight wasn't as regarded amongst her friends or groups Mm -hmm. oh you got so easy girl yeah and it's like bitch like I got problems too and it's (laughs) and you know that was a very I think poignant moment for her um, and then to see it, you know, and feel it again, you're like, I feel like I've been, I've been the friend saying that. And I've been the friend hearing that too. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's real. It is. 
so many, and I think that's really what it is. There were so many real life moments that you could really relate to from, again, the growth of self-discovery, um, friendship, needing to maybe say the things that are hard to say, but you got to say them anyway from like, you know, a little bit of relationship drama, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. wink, wink, Camille. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, you know, again, I'll say it till I'm, I'm blue in the face, but it truly is like, there are so many moments, real life moments that you can cling to mm -hmm. the show. And it's so validating sometimes, yeah. Yeah. For, you know, in different moments, because granted you have your, your real, I'm talking about my, they're my friends. You have your real life friends and you've got, you know, all this, but then you also are able to, again, to see it represented. And I think, again, this is just a moment that would not have been a thing 10, 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Even five years ago, people, I mean, if we yeah. we're really going to go there. So I mean, honestly, it's true. You know, I, when I was looking into it more and I was paying attention to the credits more, cause I rewatched it in preparation for a conversation. Amy Poehler's an executive producer. I did not realize that. Yeah. I was like, okay, Amy, way to be an uplifter without fucking telling everybody and being I like, like she's so kind proud of, is, of me. Though. I you feel know? like she is quietly and a little, and a little loud, which yeah. I do appreciate. Can we yeah. like clone her? Thanks. Right. Right. Like <laughs> use your money. She's yeah. like, I'm telling them girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which I love yeah there was some you know there was people were critical of the show i don't know if i agree and i don't think i don't know if i think it's fair because you can have shows like and just like that get renewed for second seasons and you're just like really guys <laughs> like we like we did it we checked the box we did what we needed to do like we're really gonna give more weight to that i know <laughs> okay like, I feel like they gave the people what they wanted and could have stopped. I mean, I'm going to watch. But yeah, yeah. I would have yeah. rather, it would be great to see another show like this come out. Yeah. And you could do the similar concept of like being in your 50s without it. It could be couples. Mm -hmm. well, couples, but maybe there is a little more emphasis on, on like the women sometimes, you know, yeah. but it could just more black stories. That's, that's the other thing that I loved about Harlem. I felt like every woman had equal footing on the show. Whereas like to yeah. me, Sex in the City very much felt like this is Carrie's show and everyone else is just a side character. Correct. And I Correct. loved, I loved that because it was like, you get to know Ty just as much as you get to know Angie, just as much as Camille, just as much as Quinn. And you see, which I think makes it a more well-rounded balanced storytelling because sure. you really are getting those moments with them the vulnerability i loved when uh oh back to quinn <laughs> there's an episode <laughs> so quinn meets this guy you can't help it watch I'm... this show you'll understand yeah quinn meets this guy gorgeous she's not super thrilled about his career choice She's not super thrilled about how they met. And so she's at this fundraiser and they're chatting and everyone comes up from the campaign. It's like, oh, Quinn, we love your mom, blah, blah. She has a complicated relationship with her mother, which you're just like, Whoo. and so even just throwing that layer in of like, Quinn has a complicated relationship with her mother, but literally everybody loves her mother. I know. So they're, they're like, oh, introduce us to 
this beautiful man and she and he and what are you doing and he goes to say she's oh he's a something a little bit more prestigious does you know erases some facts about him because she's trying to fit this very and i was just like i, I would have done the same thing 10 years ago mm-hmm. uh-huh now i don't sure. give a shit you treat me good you look at me like i'm the hottest thing in the world I'm cool yeah i know but i would have it previously too mm-hmm. Another and moment. then that creates that tension that they're trying to work through and watching Quinn work through like this was my expectation in life you were not expected and now I have to figure it out like ah oh, it just felt so I don't know you do know I do know it made me so happy I'm also happy to report that there is a season two coming according yes. to Amazon Prime yes how can we get to the premiere I feel like we this is we need to talk about how we pitch this. Yeah. <laughs> My <it's>, specialty. <laughs> how do we do we reach out to Megan Good? Do we reach out to Amy? No, Bauer? you put you, you reach out to Amazon. You gotta figure out who the PR team is and who's working the red carpet. They so have we'll such figure that out. They have such a huge PR team. It's insane. You're gonna make me like look something up now. <laughs> there like What's there's their production name called. Is it Amazon Studios? Amazon Studios. Mm-hmm. I just wanna hug Megan Good. <laughs> I just love her so much. I know she's pretty. She's so and she and I love that's the other thing with the flashbacks. I love how they show the flashbacks and just how often the hair changes too. It's like, yes, thank yes, you. That's so real. Mm-hmm. It's so real. Yep. <laughs> and she pulls the wig out of her purse. Yes. <laughs> I died. I was like, I know people who do that too. <laughs> right? My goodness. No, it was so real. I feel like I someone should drink every time Cache says it was so real. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've said that like 12 million times, but yeah. because it is. And yeah. it's in I, I guess, you know It's a rare I, gem. Yeah. I think it's just like, and I want to hold it close, and I'm so glad. Like you said, they're coming back for season two. Yeah. I would love to ask them about what their inspiration is to create the because their characters are each so unique from you know they're so right. different from each other and they're so unique unique and you do get like you can see who sort of couples with who like who kind of gravitates but i don't know it's still just it just felt good it just was a show that felt good it felt good it hit at the right time for sure yeah and um kind of even at toward the end made you really want to kind of assess mm-hmm. like where you're at like what what moves do you need to make because you've just witnessed four incredible women make each make one mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely inspiring you walk away and you know obviously delighted and entertained but you do walk away inspired I think maybe that's why I'm so like <gasps> about it too yeah that was definitely Camille's storyline for me it was just mm-hmm. like oh am I surrounded by people who just think I'm and at the time in the job that I had, I really and truly was surrounded by people who were just like so impressed with all the work that I was doing. But then I'm like, well, if I take this to a higher level company, I, you know, when I saw Camille's situation, I was like, I think I'm going to have to work hell harder because yeah. these people don't do what I do. They don't understand what I do. And they think that what I'm doing is amazing. I know I'm phoning it in. <laughs> <laughs> They ain't gotta know that though. They don't know that. I don't work there anymore. It's fine. Yeah. 
If you understand the nuances and intersections of being a BIPOC woman, a woman identifying, a woman in a male-dominated industry, and all the microaggressions that come with the daily existence and how media reinforces those stereotypes, but you still love pop culture, then Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous Best Friends Club on Patreon is just for you. Join an incredible community of like-minded individuals who meet monthly to discuss a different topic in pop culture, access to bonus content, weekly lunchtime hangout sessions, and discounts on merch. To learn more about how to become a part of the Best Friends Club, visit popculturemakesmejealous.com slash become a member. There's a hyphen in between become a member. Become hyphen a hyphen member. See you there. We have merch. Visit popculturemakesmejealous.com slash merch to purchase today. Some hoodies and t-shirts are the pop culture staples, but you don't want to miss out on our seasonal collections, whether it's specific to the show or a season. Catch those limited edition styles before they're gone. Visit popculturemakesmejealous.com slash merch to shop and use promo code SHOPPOD to receive 15% off your first order. That's S-H-O-P-P-O-D. Be sure to tag us on social wearing your swag. We're looking for advertising partners. When you support the podcast, you're supporting a woman-owned BIPOC small business. We're looking for other small business partners who want to get in front of an audience of like-minded folks looking to smash the patriarchy and make cultural change. Email popculturemakesmejealous at gmail.com to get started. One of the quickest and easiest ways to support our show is by subscribing, rating, and reviewing our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Sharing with other users why you love this show and reasons to tune in is a simple kindness that will forever go appreciated by Team Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous. I'm going to be honest, writing a review is the strongest move because when you write a review, it helps that pesky algorithm tell Apple this show is loved. Like, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for all your support, friend. Do you love to read? Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous hosts a monthly book club that reads books that have been adapted for the screen. We meet on the fourth Sunday of every month via Zoom. The book club is open to anyone, but Patreon pals can vote on our monthly read and have access to our replay. To sign up, hit the link in the show notes. Okay, final question. Yes, ma'am. How do you think this show contributes to the representation of wealthy women? Do you think it's in a positive or a negative way? Um, I would say positive, for sure. Maybe it is going back to a little bit of what I said in the beginning about, you know, staying humble, but still having something to mm-hmm. be able mm-hmm. to like both can coexist. Mm-hmm. And I think that Harlem did a good job of showing that. Yeah. That's yeah. It. So it kind of spoke to me on that level too, beyond just like the inspirational side I mentioned a minute ago. Yeah. I I agree. I think it is a positive representation. I think it hits a couple of marks. It's positive representation of women with wealth because in with Quinn's Quinn, Quinn's mom, you know, no. she's donating yeah. to a campaign that she believes in. So she's like not just sitting on her cash being like, we're 
rich people. Right. Um, Quinn's business, her boutique, like for every sale, she makes a donation to, I forget what, but like she gives back to the community in some way. Um, so there's those factors, but then also too, like the, again, back to the representation of like, there's a lot of one, like single digit representation happening here on -hmm. a bigger platform. You know, we're not seeing this stereotypical sort of careers happening. Right. Which I love. And I'll also just add us a little tidbit on that. Like there also is a display of individuals relationships with money too. Yes. Which I think is a big deal. Um, yeah that mindset stuff i definitely too and here's another like spoiler alert but you know quinn's you know has received assistance from her mother or her family will say when it comes to her shop sometimes and Mm -hmm. you know i think that that's a thing too in in our community whether it is borrowing money versus you know just the power that might that goes with you know a loan yeah <laughs> when it's when it's from family you know just say call it what it is you know you see how that can be something um that can I don't want to say hang over your head but kind of in Quinn's situation it feels heavy it feels definitely heavy. made her it feels, feel heavy it feels, if yes it does not feel light for her that is a burden yeah that's so. a really good point because I think you know as we as people go and educate themselves about the disparities between you know non-white people and white people there is a lot of heavy emphasis on you know the differences in in ability to generate wealth and then having generational wealth right that is true that exists that is real it also is true and real and exists that there are very wealthy black people in the world Mm mm-hmm and we don't see them on TV a lot unless they're a basketball player, a right. rapper, you know, and, and okay, those, that exists. Yeah. But that's not all that <laughs> that's, exists. That's not it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because at some point in the show, we learn that Quinn has had a relationship in the past with a beautiful black man. <laughs> Fine. I was like, <laughs> hello, sir. Uh, how are you <laughs> like first of all where do I need to uh, Dallas that's where I need to move <laughs> oh when I was in, when I was in Dallas last May everywhere I went I was like look at all these beautiful men like there, there are a lot of attractive men in here in Dallas I'm not gonna lie yeah no. it's like everyone wants to equate beauty with California but holy like my um like the best of california is relocating there you go yeah yeah i was like my sister-in-law went to dinner one night and i was like this this is like like there's a group of beautiful there's a group of beautiful men like dallas you're a sleeper okay yeah um the awakening has is happening right mm -hmm, now mm -hmm. but anyway he works in finance this former love of quinn you know and again you know it's like we don't see that a lot we don't see it's either some big sports person or some musician which is fine there's nothing wrong with that that exists but i also want to know that like my my fantasy meeting a black british banker can exist totally and it can in this world as it should yeah I am kind of curious to know what Quinn's family does because they never really speak of what business her dad is in. 
um but we do know that it has you know, know it's created an, an an exorbitant amount of wealth for them and do we think it goes back a generation too i mean i don't know why i get the vibe that it is um generational wealth combined with higher edge you know education yeah. and you know, i don't is quinn's dad a doctor i you know what i don't think they ever say they don't say do they and be curious to know what they add in season two. And I didn't add this in there, but what would you like to see in season two? Um, Because it ends with a pretty good cliffer. <laughs> I, it does. I was going to leave with it. Talking about Quinn again. But um, <laughs> I want to see more of her because like, she was the one who I think had the, the multifaceted awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just want to, I want to, really pick up where we left off i hope we don't fast forward any years or anything like this the story was ending like okay what's next yeah. like don't try to like catch me up in like one episode on the past three right the first time i watched it the way that it end it, it this big thing happens and then yep. it went to credits and i was like oh my god and then in the corner it was like a different show telling me it was gonna play next and i was like oh my god you're like how do we end there you are so rude because i I have so many questions um because you're right i would like to see like quinn kind of has this revelation that she comes to makes this big gesture and i'd love to see that resolved and i kind of like to see her fumble through it a little bit and get it wrong for sure and And, yeah i feel like she will mm -hmm. i feel like they'll do that and predictions, then with, yeah we're making predictions and then with camille that's sticky that's a sticky one i don't know i don't want to speculate there because that's sticky but with ty ty's got you know her business she's sort of made these revelations about how she interacts romantically with people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and a previous relationship that sort of popped back up that her girlfriends didn't know about um yeah and that sort of kind of ended in a very big question mark so i'm curious to see how they resolve that um and that was a really good example too of a situation that could have been resolved if she had just gone to this person and said what is it that you want correct and instead she's listening to outside sources and 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 sort of buying into this mentality of like everyone's out for my money which mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, you are a little bit more protective when you've earned wealth yourself and you are a black right. queer woman. Like that's a, that's, there's yeah. a lot of like hurdles in front of you. So yeah, Which you're going to want to hang on at all. Um, And so I thought I really appreciated how they handled that complication because you, you're mm-hmm. just like the whole time you're just like, girl, just talk to him. And then you're just like, well, that person, <laughs> you're listening to the wrong person. <laughs> Right, exactly. And again, going back to how many how many of us can relate to that, but we've been there. We've done mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. We've done that. How often have we just not, you know, gone with our guts? Yeah, yeah, for sure. How to say the say some certain things? Yeah, like I said earlier, Harlem was one of my, if not my favorite show of 2021. Amazon has a thing where they typically drop every episode, um, make every episode available when they release a show. So I hope that stays true for season two. And like, I literally did. I started it at like five o'clock at night. They're like 40 minute episodes. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I watched it over a weekend. So yep, yeah, I'm 
you. So funny. Sorry to mean to interrupt, but I'm just no, like, no, you're fine. Put that, put that in the universe for all of us. Yes, yes. Cache, I'm so glad I finally got you on the show. It always makes me happy when we can chat in real time versus voice memos and DMs on Instagram. And I love those too, but this is way better. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> can you tell our friends at home where they can find you if they want to keep up with you online? Yes, I am the Cache Life. Uh, that is K-A-C-H-E-T. So you can find me at the Cache Life on Instagram. I'm also the Cache Life.com. Um, holla at your girl. Yeah. And friends, I'm going to link everything in the show notes. So you have zero excuses to not take a look and see what Cache is up to and or access her resources. Like I mentioned in her bio earlier, she does have a lot of amazing experience and knowledge when it comes to marketing, business coaching, and just content creation. Like she's really, really talented and creative in that way. So if you're stumped or you need a quick jam session uh, you do a program called level up too right i do that's my mastermind program um it opens doors twice a year um information is forthcoming on that in the meantime dm me but um keep your eyes peeled over the next couple of weeks folks because um, we're starting back up mid-september so if you're looking for accountability with a little bit of guidance and your new best friend on the internet then um you definitely want to come and join us um my content on Instagram, there are business tips and I go live and share things as well. Um, I also do some live coaching on, on there too. So always check my lives. You never know what I'm serving up. But um, if you, I'm like, if you like wine and you like um, the, you like shopping at home goods and shopping on the aisles at Target, great, you're not going to see me in those places, but I like those things too. And they're <laughs> in my house. So you'll likely see them on my stories or on my feed. Um, in terms of wine, just best wine tips and, you know, trying to educate you, but also help you drink some good wine that also may not break the bank too, you know, um, encouraging you to try new things. And um, I'm getting married soon. So you probably get a sneak peek of my, my guy on there as well um, from time to time. So yeah. yeah. And my dog, how can I forget to shout out? I was going to say. Like you're forgetting where's the, the where's ruler the... of my heart yes oh. that little cute face of his i know he knows that he's so handsome it's so stupid here i'm talking about the, the damn dog but he <laughs> went to the vet yesterday for like his wellness visit and to get like seven vaccines because you know we, we like to get them all at once like we're not going piecemeal anyway every he goes in oh rudy oh it's rudy oh you're just so handsome like they just get gas him up i'm like no wonder he acts like he runs the house because they right. treat him like he's freaking royalty. And it's everywhere we go. It doesn't matter. It could be the vet. It could be PetSmart. It could be just walking. Oh, you're so cute. And it's almost like he does like his little trot even like harder. Like, I see you looking, girl. He's like, I know I'm cute. Thanks. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm sexy and I know it. Yes, he that really is cute. The new song. Yeah. Okay, stories. Okay, enough about Rudy. <laughs> Oh, I love it. We are we are pet friendly here at Pop Culture. Yes. Jealous. Josephine has been heard in the background barking several times. Um, and she does my video recaps on the weekends for with me. She hates it. Every oh, time right. I turn on the camera, she's like, Don't you dare, bitch. She knows what it is, just like Rudy knows when I'm on the phone or on laptop. Yeah. He's actually at daycare right now. So I'm gonna go whoop him after we're done. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's just so funny. It really is. Anyway, friends, I like it. I said, um, we're going to link everything so that way you can keep up with Cache and get and Rudy. Things. I'll share and his Rudy. Instagram too. Perfect. <laughs> friends, thank you for tuning in as always. Until next time, we'll see you in the DMs.
Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous is written, edited, and produced by me, Julia Washington, and I am fueled by the incredible support system of women who allow me to run ideas, cry, melt down whenever I feel overwhelmed. I also want to do a big shout out to our Patreon community. Thank you for your continued support. It brings me great joy to bring you quality content and monthly get-togethers. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Until next time.